Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wealth Tech Show. I'm Ian Horn, and today's podcast is all about blockchain, decentralized finance, and NFTs. It's something we've touched upon before, but this time we're going a few steps further. So I'm joined in the studio by Lavinia Osborne, founder of Women in Blockchain Talks. Lavinia, firstly, hi. How are you doing today? I'm brilliant. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. No, thank you. I, I think it's going to be a really fun conversation, something a bit different from our usual world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. So before I go into more detail, detail, I mean, a little bit more on you and what you do. I mean, Mm -hmm. 2021 was a pretty big year for you, uh, from what I can see. Yeah, it really was. You know, it's like when you are doing something that you're passionate about, and what is it that I'm passionate about? So Women in Blockchain Talks is a uh, community-orientated platform. Um, it's promoting blockchain education because there's so many people who still don't understand it. There's so many people in blockchain who still don't understand it. And those who do understand it, it moves at such a fast pace. There's always something new to learn, right? So it's educational about blockchain, what, what it is and why you should know about it, why you should get involved, why it's the future of business, money. Money and um, and our careers and yeah, just just our lives in in, in general, and um, and then the other element of it is that it's promoting diversity and inclusivity. Um, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves in regards to how many women are in tech, in finance, and definitely blockchain. And we need more women in the space, not just because. We're 50% of the population, but simply because we bring new ideas. Diversity and inclusivity is about bringing different perspectives and creating the world that we want. And then the other elements is that it's networking and it's events. And one of the key things I wanted to do with Women in Blockchain Talks was to shine a spotlight on the many women, many dynamic women who've been in the space much longer than me or doing and shorter than me. And they're doing great things in the space because, you know, diversity and inclusivity is about representation, representation matters and when people even men when they see people who they can relate to particularly women it just gives them the seed the idea that it's possible for them so off the back of that you know I I was doing like an event every every month where I was interviewing two of these women these dynamic uh, women in blockchain uh, across the ecosystem so be it DeFi, nfts um, applications devs uh, product managers and um just to give you an idea of the different roles in blockchain and um and so in doing that a lot of people just really liked what i was saying what i was talking about how i was doing it because anyone can really do what i'm doing but it's how you do it and the energy you bring and off the back of that at the end of last year linkedin listed me as one of their uh leading voices i was about to mention that that's that's, <laughs> that's a pretty cool achievement right I, there i know i'm just yeah. like i mean i i received a lot of accolade accolades um at, at during the course of 2021 but you know for linkedin i mean we all know how massive linkedin is and i'm just a small small fish and they listed me as one of the um 15 top voices in blockchain, uh, sorry, not blockchain, in technology and innovation. Mm-hmm. And um, I was listed with the likes of people from companies such as Meta, Facebook, um, Amazon, NASA, I wow. mean, NASA yeah. <laughs> and IBM. And my mind was absolutely blown. I, I literally cried. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. So, so 2022 world domination, yeah. Oh, something like that. 
but yeah, you have got loads going on though as well. I know you've also created or you're creating the the Crypto Queens NFT marketplace. Yes. Can can you tell us a bit more about that and and where that fits into the whole plan? Of course. So when I first uh, came up with the the notion of creating an NFT marketplace, I was thinking of first doing it within Women in Blockchain Talks, but it's now two separate entities. <laughs> and I would say Women in Blockchain Talks is community focused with a bit of commercialization behind it. NF, uh, Crypto Queens NFT Marketplace is commercialized with community behind it. The reason why I'm creating it is again, there's a lot of, um, we looked at the data, we looked at, I listen a lot, particularly if you're on Twitter spaces, if you're in Discord, you're gonna hear a lot of women just talking about how challenging they find it coming to the space. Um, sometimes they just feel like, is it a boys club? Is there space for me? Etc. Etc. And of course, again, I'm all about diversity and inclusivity. And the data show that even though, you know, there's a good amount of women in the space, 5% of NFT sales are by women. 18% mm-hmm. are by non-binaries or those who have identified by an agenda. And so basically you're talking about 71, 72% is by guys. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, isn't that there's something wrong with that, you know? But what it's showing is that the, the, there's a structure that is enabling men, and certainly men of a certain um, description, um, who are winning in the NFT space. So how do we share the wealth? How do we create more equity? And there's lots of you know guys in the space who want to help more women come in and want to have more equity. So the Crypto Queens ultimately is a marketplace. You know, we're trading NFTs. Uh, it's being built at the moment, so it's not up and ready yet. Um, it's being built on one of the top uh, NFT marketplaces or their protocol called Rarible. And um, what makes us stand out from the crowd is six key things. So the first thing is female centric. Then we have a curation model. So we're more like known origin rather than open seas. So that basically means that we're looking at quality. And then the other thing that makes us different is we're doing an 80 20 rule. And that basically means 80% women, 20% men, and non binaries, because we're not about exclusion, we're about inclusion, right? And we've got. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wealth Tech Show. I'm Ian Horn, and today's podcast is all about blockchain, decentralized finance, and NFTs. It's something we've touched upon before, but this time we're going a few steps further. So I'm joined in the studio by Lavinia Osborne, founder of Women in Blockchain Talks. Lavinia, firstly, hi. How are you doing today? I'm brilliant. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. No, thank you. I, I think it's going to be a really fun conversation, something a bit different from our usual world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. So before I go into more detail i mean a little bit more on you and what you do i mean 2021 was a pretty big year for you uh, from what i can see yeah it really was you know it's like when you are doing something that you're passionate about and what is it that i'm passionate about so women in blockchain talks is a uh, community orientated platform um it's promoting blockchain education because there's so many people who still don't understand it there's so many people in blockchain who still don't understand it and those who do understand it it moves at such a fast pace there's always something new to learn right so it's educational about blockchain what what it is and why you should know about it why you should get involved why it's the future of business money and um and our careers and yeah just just our lives in 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 general and um 
And then the other element of it is that it's promoting diversity and inclusivity. Um, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves in regards to how many women are in tech, in finance, and definitely blockchain. And we need more women in the space, not just because we're 50% of the population, but simply because we bring new ideas. Diversity and inclusivity is about bringing different perspectives and creating a world that we want. And then the other elements is that it's networking and it's events. And one of the key things I wanted to do with Women in Blockchain Talks was to shine a spotlight on the many women, many dynamic women who've been in the space much longer than me, who are doing and shorter than me, and they're doing great things in the space because, you know, diversity and inclusivity is about representation. Representation matters and when people even men when they see people who they can relate to particularly women it just gives them the seed the idea that it's possible for them so off the back of that you know I, I was doing like a, an event every every month where I was interviewing two of these women these dynamic uh, women in blockchain uh, across the ecosystem so be it DeFi, nfts um, applications devs uh, product managers and um just to give you an idea of the different roles in blockchain and um and so in doing that a lot of people just really liked what i was saying what i was talking about how i was doing it because anyone can really do what i'm doing but it's how you do it and the energy you bring and off the back of that at the end of last year linkedin listed me as one of their uh, leading voices. I was about to mention that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty cool achievement right I, there. I know. I'm just yeah. like, I mean, I, I received a lot of accolade, accolades um, uh, during the course of 2021. But, you know, for LinkedIn, I mean, we all know how massive LinkedIn is. And I'm just a small, small fish. And they listed me as one of the um, 15 top voices mm -hmm. in blockchain. Uh, sorry not blockchain, in technology and innovation. Mm -hmm. And um, I was listed with the likes of people from companies such as Meta, Facebook, um, Amazon, NASA. Wow. I mean, NASA yeah. <laughs> and IBM. And my mind was absolutely blown. I, I literally cried. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. So, so 2022 world domination, yeah. Oh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have got loads going on though as well. I know you've also created, or you're creating the, the Crypto Queens NFT marketplace. Yes. Can, can you tell us a bit more about that and, and where that fits into the whole plan? Of course. So when I first uh, came up with the, the notion of creating an NFT marketplace, I was thinking of first doing it within Women in Blockchain Talks, but it's now two separate entities. <laughs> and I would say Women in Blockchain Talks is community focused, with a bit of commercialization behind it. NF, uh, Crypto Queens NFT Marketplace is commercialized with community behind it. The reason why I'm creating it is again, there's a lot of, um, we looked at the data, we looked at, I listen a lot, particularly if you're on Twitter spaces, if you're in Discord, you're gonna hear a lot of women just talking about how challenging they find it coming to the space. Um, sometimes they just feel like, is it a boys club? Is there space for me? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And of course, again, I'm all about diversity and inclusivity. And the data showed that even though you know there's a good amount of women in the space, five percent of NFT sales are by women. Eighteen mm percent -hmm. are by non-binaries or those who have identified by an agenda. And so basically, you're talking about 71, 72 percent is by guys. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing. It isn't that there's something wrong with that. You know. 
but what it's showing is that the, the there's a structure that is enabling men and certainly men of a certain um description um who are winning in the nft space so how do we share the wealth how do we create more equity and there's lots of you know guys in the space who want to help more women come in and want to have more equity so the crypto queens ultimately is a marketplace you know, we're trading NFTs. Uh, it's being built at the moment, so it's not up and ready yet. Um, it's being built on one of the top uh, NFT marketplaces or their protocol called Rarible. And um, what makes us stand out from the crowd is six key things. So the first thing is female centric. Then we have a curation model. So we're more like known origin rather than open sea. So that basically means that we're looking at quality. And then the other thing that makes us different is we're doing an 80 20 rule. And that basically means 80% women, 20% men, and non binaries, because we're not about exclusion. We're about inclusion, right? And we've got to walk our talk. And then the other elements is that, um, and then also the creation model will help us try and keep that 80-20 rule. And then the other elements is that um, we are looking at marketing support, community support, and tech support, lowering the barrier to access or to entry so that more people can come in of different diverse um, backgrounds. Yeah, and I've, I've actually done some, some reading up on this. Um, and, and let's, you know, looking at the reasons behind what you're doing, um, we know traditional financial services aren't necessarily as inclusive as they could be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have our alpha female report at CityWire that people can look at to look at diversity and fund management, for instance, and you can see some of the the, the issues there. But, it, you know, as you touched upon, it turns out crypto isn't that much better. I mean, there was a 2021 survey by CNBC and Acorn. It shows men are more than likely, more than twice as likely, sorry, as women to be invested in crypto. Uh, the same study suggested that 11% of white people own crypto. This is in America, by the mm -hmm. way. 11% of black people own it, 10% of Hispanics, 14% of Asians, and 13% of anyone who identifies as anything mm. else. Uh, that's more balanced, but of course, these things intersect. And mm. only 4% of black women in the States are crypto investors, mm. according to this survey. So, you know, I think that really speaks to the message you're trying to send. And I think the question mm. I have for you is, do you think decentralized finance really gives us an opportunity to be more inclusive and to create something new? Yes, I do. And the reason why is because I think... I do. That's that is the answer. And I the reason I believe that is because with NFTs, it's exciting. People do like excitement. Um, and also it's there is a a message, and that message is that because it's decentralized, you don't need to ask permission, you don't need to have 10k or be earning a hundred thousand to be able to access these tools and these products. But you do need to take the time to learn, to be mm -hmm. confident about your understanding of what you've learned and what you're getting in yourself into. Because, you know, everything is a risk in any sort of investment, be it within DeFi or outside of DeFi. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something I wanted to bring in because I know you talk about doing due diligence and you mention that to people all the time. Yeah. But, you know, unregulated finance obviously leaves people open to mm. being hugely exposed mm. uh and you know is it is it not a concern that DeFi will will just reproduce the same kind of inequalities that we already have um it can um but i don't think it is what's what is the word i'm looking for now i think 
like it can because of the structure that we already have. It's about deconstructing and rebuilding. And that takes a pioneer, that takes visionary, that takes, you know, leadership ultimately, and also a willingness to do that. And I feel like there's a lot of people coming into the DeFi space who have that willingness. And so it's a case of looking for those people. And how do you, you know, when we talk about due diligence, what does due diligence look like? Well, it looks like going into some of the communities that are about DeFi. It looks like going into some of the community that maybe represents the ethnic or the, the marginalized group that you belong to and asking the question, but not just asking it from one place, but asking it from several places mm. and seeing where the information or where, where you're being directed to and then reading and asking more questions you know it's a, you have to read you have to listen and you have to ask questions because if not people can easily deceive you and there is a there is a you know we talk about regulation but people are still being scammed people mm. are still losing their money in a in a regulated market are they not yeah yeah absolutely yeah so of course it's not to the same degree but ultimately there isn't there's still an element of trust that we need to give people who are leading, but for us as individuals, I always say, ask questions. Even if you think it's stupid, just keep asking the questions and ultimately never put in more than you are able to, you can afford to lose. Yeah, I think that's key because again, if, if things go wrong, you can't really, well, you've not, got no real recourse for, for yeah. it, have you, if it goes wrong in decentralized finance. So yeah. I think that's, that's really key. Um, okay, so looking at Crypto Queens again, um, mm -hmm. you've, you're creating an NFT marketplace for, you know, artists, collectors and, and entrepreneurs, which mm -hmm. is which is all quite exciting stuff. Stuff. Um, you know, what, what, what kind of, uh, you know, artwork are you trying to promote there? What, and what do you think is going to draw people towards it? Do you think people are looking for investment or do you think people are looking for digital art? Um, so Rarible in and of itself, uh, they touch on all elements. So sound, stills, gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about Rarible because I'm building on the Rarible protocol the NFT marketplace I'm creating will offer the same things. I think that people are looking for different things. I think the whole um, sort of 10X generative art is kind of losing a bit of steam. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people looking at one-on-ones or one-on-tens. Um, and I think that um, people are also looking at the DAO aspect how is this adding to the community? How is this adding to the space? I think there's many collectors out there. And the reason why I say this, and that's and also one of the reasons why I created Crypto Queens, is because there are, like I touched upon before, there's lots of individuals out there who want to support female artists. Not because they're females, but because it's like, let's see what they're doing. And if we like what they're doing, but let's, let's buy it, let's support it, let's collect it. This is still a nascent technology. We're still at the beginning with NFTs. Um, there's a talk, just touching, I'm mm -hmm. going to digress a little bit and just touching on DeFi. I was reading about an NFT company where their, their, their um, premise is to use, where you can use your NFTs as collateral to get loans. So it's NFT DeFi, right? Mm -hmm. So this space is just evolving all the time. And so... We don't know which artists are going to blow up in the next year, six months, 
you know, two years from now. A lot of people forget, if you look at CryptoPunks, they were created nearly, what, 2018, 2017? Mm -hmm. And 2021 was their year of reckoning in the sense of they just blew up. We don't know the artists that are coming out today and the artwork that you collect, that you buy now, be it music, be it uh, a sound, be it GIF, mm -hmm. be it... Um, a, uh, uh, um, a still work or generative art. Um, we don't know who those artists will be behind those projects and how that will blow up. All I do know is that sometimes it's about being the first. CryptoPunks mm -hmm. were definitely one of the first. Um, so that's what my answer would be. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned CryptoPunks because I was looking at the the kind of highest value NFT sales of the last mm. year or so. And obviously CryptoPunks feature several times in there for mm. having NFTs sold for several millions of dollars. I mean, the most expensive is Beeple's The First 5,000 Days, which went for $69 million. Mm -hmm. um, now, on the one hand, yes, exciting. On the other hand, does it not concern you that people will see that and see NFTs as a get-rich-quick scheme? Um, yes, it does. It does. But I also think to myself that it is an avenue. Uh, there's also stories. You don't read about that in the news so much. But there's, if you just go onto Twitter spaces, if you are really into this space and not just in it just to flip, because just touching on what you said, be, be um, the Bored Ape Yacht Club, yeah. they flipped CryptoPunks and um, they became, or one of their images became one of the top selling um, images um, in NFT space just before Christmas, right? It was called the flip or the flipping, mm -hmm. they called it. And um, what I would say is that there's lots of people who are in the NFT space who come from marginalized backgrounds, from um, developing countries, and they, for the first time, are using their art to make money. They're using their money to fit, you know, to feed themselves, to feed their families. Um, to purchase things that they need for themselves. And that to me is a story. That's the impact story that I really care about. There's always going to be the mm -hmm. the big boys making huge amounts of money. Um, and that's just the way the world works. But let's focus on the little people who are actually utilising this space to increase their wealth, increase the wealth of their families and their community I mean, isn't that what it's supposed to be about? And yeah, yeah, you you would think so, and I, I totally take your point. At the same time, I'm, I'm going to be really annoying and now mention that loads of celebrities are, are, are selling NFTs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got recently Grimes, Snoop Dogg, Kings of Leon, even William Shatner, mm. uh, Louis Capaldi, Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, all selling mm. NFTs. Um, I think I, I honestly don't have an opinion here or there. When I see celebrities getting into something like this, I, I'm pretty cautious to be honest it doesn't it doesn't attract me but my question is how do you separate an actual investment opportunity or some some decent artwork with some integrity from something that's just a cash in or or something completely hollow okay so what i would say to that is that a lot of these celebrities they don't have a community they don't know how to build a community right and a lot of them if you actually look at their nfts they're not selling one may have sold mm -hmm but they're not selling out, right? Yeah. Like you just said, you was looking at the top NFTs. Is Lindy Lohan on there? Snoop Dogg on there? <laughs> you know, it's the BAYCs. Yes, they may have bought their NFTs and then reselling it, but their own creation, 
I haven't really, you know, I heard about um, the one with uh, Kusten, um, uh, uh, gosh. Do you mean Ashton Kutcher, mate? That's the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton Kutcher and his wife. Yeah. They did one and it did sell out. Mm -hmm. um, but they've, they're putting some utilities behind it, which makes it interesting. So to answer your question, look at the roadmap of a project. This is so important. Who's behind it? Who's the team? What's the utilities? People are not interested in just buying an NFT, you know, unless it's a really good piece of art. Because remember... What is NFTs? It's collectibles, right? So you can look at it as collectibles as like cards yeah. for sports or music or a certain collection or art. People collect art. If there's something that's really beautiful and they feel like it's going to have value and they believe in the artist or maybe the artist has already got some traction, they will buy that. But then if you're looking at a project in and of itself, which a lot of the artists, celebrity artists are getting involved with, look at the roadmap. What's the utility behind it? And the utility meaning what is the plan for the community? What is the plan for the holders? How do they plan to add value? These are the questions that you have to ask. And this is why it's so important to belong to a community where you can feel comfortable to ask these questions rather than the community that's like, bye, 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 bye. Shill, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. There's an element of education around this. It's an investment, not just of your money, but of your time. So take the time to... Educate yourself. Yeah. And, and when you're looking to, to buy anything in the decentralized finance space, what's your criteria and what, what do you look for personally? Um, again, utility. Mm -hmm. Again, team. Um, I want to see how active they are in the NFT space. You know, look at their Twitter feed. How often are they on Twitter spaces? How often are they supporting others? You know, and I'm not just, when I talk about the team, I'm not just talking about the tech team because there's a tech team that needs to to, mm -hmm. to create the smart contract, to create the platforms, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the individuals, the individuals um, who are the face of the project, are they in Twitter spaces? Are they only in Twitter spaces to promote and shill? Are they supporting? What sorts of education are they giving? So these that's the one thing mm -hmm. I look at. That's number one. Number two, I look at the the project. Does it speak to me? You know, because mm -hmm. we're you know, what is art? It's a beautiful thing. It 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 brings up emotions, right? And then um, so does it speak to me? And then the third thing I look at again is a roadmap and the utility. How is this project? How are they looking to add uh, value? So how are they? You know, so how are they out there in the Twitter space, the Discord? Um, how do they talk to their to the members, their future investors, ultimately? Um, because if you look at NFTs and, and the crypto blockchain space, a, a big part of it is about community. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there is that side where there are people that are just shilling. Yes. And there are people that are going to get caught out here. Yeah. And I do expect some some huge negative backlash when certain things go wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do think when you've got something in its infancy like this, it... it yeah, there's two sides to it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to educating yourself, obviously you've, you've offered some some advice and some tips, but are there any, I know, I know we went over this in the article that we did a while mm. back, but are there any websites or people on Twitter that you'd recommend people follow? Mm -hmm. um, you know, where should people go to learn more about, about DeFi, NFTs, blockchain? Mm -hmm. So um, what I will say to that, it depends what sort of NFTs that you're interested in getting involved in. Um the thing with Twitter, there's lots of people out there 
and um, there's Twitter spaces. So join the Twitter, there's like a Twitter space every minute of the day. So join the Twitter spaces. Of course, I have a community. Um, there isn't any, I mean, Gary V, Gary Vernachuk, he's a, um, an entrepreneur and he's he's very bullish in this space and he gives some great advice. So he's definitely someone I would follow. I do follow him, but I cannot be in his Discord channel. It's too busy. It's <laughs> very overwhelming. Um, then in regards to uh, females, if you look at some of the top um, NFT projects, um, you've got Yam from World of Women, um, you have got uh, Lisa Mayer from Boss Beauties. You can follow people like that. And then what you do is you see who they follow and you start following them. You join some Twitter spaces. And then in regards to just blockchain, there's a great website that I like called Blockchain 101. And then, of course, the LinkedIn list. There's a couple of NFT um, people on there. So have a look at the, um, the LinkedIn uh, leading voices for technology and innovations. There's a guy called Anthony Day from IBM. He's amazing. Um, you got Avery from Vayner NFT. Um, and then also look at some of the NFT marketplaces, the founders, the communication officers. So you'll find them that they generally be on LinkedIn or Twitter or Discord. And also, for example, Rarible has a Discord community. You can go in, see who's active, um, and start following those people. And and that is how you really start to learn. You, you're listening mm -hmm. and learning and then seeing who they follow as well. Mm -hmm. And do you, just to, obviously we've got a listener base here that's financial advisors, wealth managers, and a few people with associated kind of roles. Do you get much interest in the work you do from the centralized space, from conventional asset management company personnel or financial advisors or wealth managers? Are, are you having those interactions? Not yet, but I, I just think that's, I think that may be because they don't know about me or m maybe they just don't know enough about the space. And so, again, we touched on this before. When you are in a regulated space, it's very difficult to move out of that. Um, and to, but I think conversations are great to have. How can, how can, how can people in those spaces move be part of this space and move their space forward using this technology, be it blockchain, crypto, NFTs. I know crypto is unregulated and of course, so NFT is yeah. unregulated. Um, but there are still ways that these companies can utilize NFTs. They don't have to promote it to their clients per se or, or promote NFTs as a asset, but they themselves can use it because NFTs can be used for businesses. For example, you could be you could have a 10 year anniversary and you decide that you're going to create an NFT, which you give to your clients to say, thank you for being part of our business community for all these years or thank you for being a 10 year, uh, you know, every client that's been with them for 10 years, you get an NFT, you know, mm -hmm. there's many ways that you can utilize NFTs in a business, um, a business case study. Yeah. And, and I think it, it, again, it's an evolving space. It's all quite new. And it, it's an interesting one for me, because I'm, I'm hosting this podcast and there, there's a part of me that wants to focus on things that are everyday practical relevance to people in the regulated space. But I, I still think this is such an interesting area and decentralized finance is something that we just need to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and, and a final question for you before I wrap this up is, 
what do you think the future of the relationship is between centralized and decentralized finance? Do you think there's going to be some collaboration of any sort? I mean, obviously, there's got to be some kind of antagonism there too. But do do you think the two will just coexist moving forward? Um, it's a good question. I am seeing, we're already seeing centralized finance institutions moving into the DeFi, decentralized crypto space. I mean, we're seeing that. Mm. And I just think we're going to see it evolving more. Um, again, it always comes back down to regulation. The SEC is doing a lot of things around the regulation of this space, which is why even I'm here in the UK and I, you know, a lot of my community are UK based, but I also have a huge amount of people from the US. So I have to be mindful of what the regulations are also in the US, because if someone in my community has a problem with something that I've told to them, I could get into trouble. So we are in a global space ultimately. And because we're in a global space, we have to be very aware of all the regulation laws around the world. Um, so with that being said, I think there is a coexistence right now, but I do think there will be a merger as things develop and there's more understanding about how we can regulate. Um, and those who are willing to be pioneers and be open-minded and ask the questions and seek help and support and start planting seeds for that eventuality, they will, they will benefit from the growth of this space. And that is a really interesting thought to finish on. Lavinia, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. And to everyone who's listening, and thank you for listening to The Wealth Tech Show. I'll see you all again soon. Mm -hmm.